Successful Performer Cast, Episode 59. This is the show that interviews one full-time professional entertainer per week with the goal of inspiring and equipping those who are working to make the leap themselves. This is the Successful Performer Cast. Hey everybody, thank you for listening to another episode of the Successful Performer Cast, the show that interviews professional entertainers to inspire you, our listeners. We have a great interview for you guys today with uh, magician Sean Pop of Show Cues fame, and uh, he talks all about adding music to your shows, and he also goes into detail and talks about his Show Cues app. He uh, answers a lot of questions that many of you have uh, uh, sent to him, uh, and so he, he deals with a lot of that. And for three days only, May 1st, 2nd, and 3rd of 2015, Sean is offering 20% off both the ShowQs app and the ShowQs remote. So be sure to listen into the interview to find out more. I also wanted to thank briefly uh, two people who are supporting me on Patreon. That'd be Scott Nelson and Phil Ackerley. And basically what Patreon is, it's uh, I've set up a Patreon account where you can become a patron to the show for as little as a dollar per episode. And there are some fun, cool perks to being a patron of this show, including shoutouts, secret words, and Saturday morning Google Hangouts. So if uh, you're interested in looking into that, visit Successful performercast.com slash Patreon, and that's P-A-T-R-E-O-N, to watch a short video that I put up there so you can find out and kind of see how it all works. Finally, I wanted to thank the sponsor of this show, and this episode is brought to you by Josh London's Click, Convert, Profit, and his book Flying Solo, The Smart Solopreneur's Guide to Making Money Online. Visit clickconvertprofit.com slash performercast to get $10 off, and for my listeners only, you also get the free ebook, Four Ways to Find Your Most Profitable Keywords. All right, now... Let's get to that interview. It's my pleasure to welcome to the show Sean Pop, a.k.a. The Magic Dude, who is one of Colorado's favorite performers. Sean has built a career traveling the country, performing his magic at corporate events, trade shows, private parties, and other special events. His thoroughly entertaining show includes magic, mentalism, comedy, and music. And speaking of music, Sean is also the mind behind the iOS app Show Cues a sound control system which helps you to bring music to your shows. It's almost like having a sound engineer in your pocket. Sean Pop, I am super excited to have you as a guest on the Successful Performer Cast. Thank you for being here today. Well, thank you for having me, Chris. Appreciate it. Hey, my pleasure. So let's uh, start off with a little bit of inspiration here. Do you have a favorite success quote or a specific mantra that you live by? Uh, um I, I don't really have a necessarily a success quote or a, a mantra. I guess um, I, I just try to uh, live by the the rule of um, make every day great and fun, and um, make every show great and fun. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? <laughs> 
Yeah, certainly. In fact, it, it kind of reminds me of uh, one of the the previous guests I had uh, on my show, James Galea, and he actually spends each day trying to have the best day ever. Yeah, yeah, I I I, I would agree with that. I believe in that fully. You know, you I try to um, get up in the morning and figure out what the day is going to be about, and you know, try to make it make it outstanding. And then at the end of the day, I try to just let the day go. If I, if I made it great, all the better. If I didn't, well, there's always tomorrow, you know what I mean? So, uh, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, sometimes it really does help to, to kind of know that, you know, there's always going to be tomorrow that you can, you know, if, if maybe something, you know, maybe today didn't happen as you planned it or, or, you know, whatever may or may not have happened. Sometimes it does help to look to tomorrow. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, I, I certainly like, I just don't like to dwell on stuff that you can't change. I, I just try to, um, live each, live each day as best I can. And, and, uh, you know, if, if it, something doesn't work out, I'm not going to dwell on it. I'm going to try and make it better tomorrow. And mm-hmm. so, yeah. Yeah. So Sean, could you tell us a little bit about, um, maybe the beginning of your career and how you went into performing full time? Sure. Um, so uh, like a lot of people, I started out, um, with an interest in magic when I was uh, very young, five or six years old, my dad bought me a magic set at a garage sale and I was literally, I was just smitten with magic. And, um, uh, I didn't live close to a magic shop or anything, but my dad would use that as a uh, um, enticement to do my chores. I would uh, do all my chores, and then on on the weekend, he would drive me off to the magic shop, and I'd spend my allowance on that. Mm-hmm. Um, my world really changed when I was a teenager, and uh, I was working at a restaurant, and a magic shop opened up right next door. And uh, so I started visiting that magic shop before work and on my lunch break. And then after work, um, it was a summer restaurant job. And, uh, so it was like, I was working during the day mm-hmm. and I just started visiting the shop every chance I got. And I would, I get off work and I would go into the shop at around five and I would stay there until they closed at nine. And, uh, eventually they offered me a job. <laughs> uh, they said, you know, you're here all the time and would you, would you like to work here? Yeah. And, and I said, Oh my God, my dream has just come true. So, um, I, I, I took a job working at the magic shop and, uh, I'll tell you what the, it was like looking behind the curtain and, uh, the whole world of magic suddenly opened up to me and I, I realized how amazing it really truly was. So, um, uh, the owner of the shop was a full-time performer. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, that's the only job he had ever had. And, uh, he really took me under his wing, uh, introduced me to a lot of, uh, big name magicians and small name magicians and, and, um, really just introduced me to the world of magic at which point I decided, Oh man, that's, that's what I want to do. Um, I want to, uh, I want to uh, do magic full time, uh, much to the chagrin of my parents who made me go to college and get a job. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. um, and so I did magic part time because I did what parent, my parents wanted me to do. I went to college, got a degree in graphic design and, uh, got a job as an art director and just did magic on the side. Mm-hmm. And, um, but the desire to perform full time was always there. And so, um, well, it's been, uh, in 2005, I, I left my corporate job and said, I, I'm just not 
I'm not happy unless I'm performing. And, mm-hmm. and so I said goodbye to a corporate p- paycheck and, um, took up magic full time and gosh, I'm, uh, my only regret is that I didn't do it sooner, you know? Yeah. yeah. So it, it's, uh, it's been very, very, um, very wonderful. And I'm, I'm thrilled to, to be a full-time performer now. Wow. Yeah. And so that, that was, that was, uh, 10 years ago then. Yep. 10 years ago this year. Wow. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. It's now, very thrilling. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. So what, what did you, what was your corporate job? Curious. You said um, art director or? Yeah, I was an art director and graphic designer. I worked for uh, various ad agencies and design firms mm-hmm. uh, all throughout the Denver area. Um, had a, a lot of major clients um, like uh, Coors, uh, HP. Um, I, I was an art director for Stars, um, the movie channel Stars, for mm-hmm. eight, eight years. Um, and uh, I focused primarily on print design. So I did everything from uh, brochures and business cards and logos all the way up to, you know, billboards and, you know, uh, giant signage and bus boards and things like that. Okay. Okay. So that, that's probably really, really helped you out as well. Whenever you went, uh, full-time into performing because you could design all of your promotional materials already. Exactly. Well, it's kind of a blessing and a curse because yeah. I, I hate designing my own material. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, but then I'm also ultra picky when other designers do it. So, you know, um, thankfully I have a, um, because I have a degree in design, I, I know what good design looks like. And, um, so I can appreciate good design and, um, and you're right. I, I do end up designing a lot of my own materials and, and that's kind of nice. Saves me a lot of money in that end. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Could you maybe uh, talk a little bit about your transition from uh, the the transitional period from where you actually left your your uh, corporate job? I mean, did you already were you already making considerable money from your magic, and how did how did that play out? Really, um, I I wasn't making very much money. I I, I mean, I did shows here and there. Um, I did have a, a a regular restaurant gig um, that I had been doing for. Uh, several years at that point. Um, and so I would book, you know, uh, walk around shows from here and there. Um, uh, I had developed a stand up show that some, you know, people would see me at the restaurant and hire me for a corporate event. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but I, I, by no means was, was really even, um, I wouldn't even say I was doing it part time. I was doing it occasional time, you yeah. know, aside from the, the regular gig, weekly gig at the restaurant, which, mm-hmm. um, was, uh, basically two nights a week. So, um, from there, when I left my, my corporate job, um, you know, I, I knew that I could still make money as a designer. And so I put myself out there for freelance work. Okay. And, and so I was very, I was really kind of methodical about how I broke into working full full time. I didn't just rip off the bandaid and go cold Turkey, but I did decide, make a real confident decision as far as you know, this is my ultimate goal. I know I still need to make money. I still need to provide for, um, you know, my family. I still need to pay my mortgage and, and whatnot. So I know I could make money as a, as a freelance designer. So I put myself out there, um, doing freelance, but it was always on my terms. Mm -hmm. And so that meant, you know, Hey, if I have to get down to a networking event and, um, walk around at a networking event and hand out business cards as a magician, I'm going to have the freedom to do that because, you know, I'm not tied to a, a, a nine to five 
corporate job. I'm, I'm a freelance designer, so I can do, I can set my own hours, set my own time and take what jobs I want. And so, um, I basically used, um, about a year and a half to, uh, let the magic business build up and let the design business kind of fizzle out. Okay. And, um, so, and I, I, and I think that's a really smart way of doing it from my own personal experience. I would say it's a smart way of doing it because, um, I, I find so many guys, they'll get laid off of a job and they'll say, Oh, you know, now I've got to make a living and I don't have any way to do that. Mm -hmm. You know, how am I going to get shows? And for me, I was able to, um, you know, call up ad agencies and go, Hey, I'm, uh, I'm a designer here in town. I'm free. Do you need any help? And they'd go, yeah, sure. So, you know, I could design a logo for them and make a few hundred dollars. Meanwhile, spending the rest of my day, uh, calling up restaurants and getting another restaurant gig or, um, you know, sending out an email blast to try to build up clientele to perform magic shows. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Did you save up any money before you'd, uh, jumped ship at your corporate job? <laughs> I did not. No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was, and I would recommend not doing that, but <laughs> not, you, you would recommend not uh, saving not, money or uh, I would recommend, um, not doing what I did. I would, okay. recommend, I would definitely recommend <laughs> saving money. <laughs> well, a little bit you, of cushion you helps if ship. you're going to, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I will say that, um, when I, when I jumped ship, um, I, you know, I was married and my wife worked full time. And so I did have okay. some, some support there, but she, her paycheck certainly wasn't enough to pay all of our bills and, and support me with no income. Yeah. So, you know, it, she certainly was extremely supportive, but with the understanding that I was going to go out and, and still make money and, and pay bills. And, uh, you know, that's why I say it, it, it was very nice in, in for me to be able to have, um, the design business that I could, uh, you know, call on to do some freelance work while I was building up the, the magic business. So I would say anybody that's looking to do that before you jump ship, save up money and try to build up your magic clientele before you, you quit the job entirely because you, you got to have that, um, foundation in place before you can stand on it. Yeah. Yeah. They say to, to, to try and get the boat as close as you can before trying to step into it. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Otherwise it get all wet. <laughs> exactly. And if you have wife and kids too, then they get all wet too. And that's no fun. Exactly. Cause then you're hanging out in the water. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And for us, we didn't have any, we didn't have a child at the time. Mm -hmm. Um, so you, you know, we only had to worry about car payments and yeah. mortgage. We didn't have to worry about another mouth to feed, but still, you know, all those things are still a concern. Yeah, absolutely. It, it all applies. Yep. Now, one of the things you're, uh, you're known for, especially in the, the magic community is your, is your, uh, show cues app and yes. basically adding music to your show. So I, I wanted to kind of step into that a little bit and, and kind of pick your brain about that uh, for a moment here. Sure. Um, so how important do you think it is for a magician to add music or, or sound effects to their show? I am a, in a huge, huge believer in music in your show. Mm -hmm. Um, I think if you look at anything that is out there in the performance art world, whether it's stage or screen, 
there's music. There's a musical soundtrack. Um, you know, if you watch your favorite TV show, there's a musical soundtrack. You may not, you, you may not even realize it, but it's there. You watch a movie, there's a soundtrack. You go to, you know, a play, there's a soundtrack of some sort. And, and that really occurred to me, um, you know, probably 20 years ago. I, I think, I think Giovanni was the very first person I ever saw with, uh, with music in his act. And I just thought it, it's one guy, but the show seems so big hmm. and it was, it was just brilliant to me. And, uh, so from that moment on, I started looking at putting music in my show and figuring out, um, you know, I, I, I take a lot of joy in finding music that fits a particular routine. It's mm-hmm. just, it's, it's, it's like a puzzle that you, you're trying to find just the perfect piece. And so I, I love doing, I take inspiration from songs. I'll, I'll hear a song and go, I want to do a, a I've got to do a trick to this song. It's so good. Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, I, I always, always recommend people putting music in their show in, in some way. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Now, how do you personally choose music for your shows? Um, yeah, you know, I think it kind of goes, there, there's different ways because sometimes I'll just hear a song and I'll just be very inspired by the song and, um, and want to do a routine to it. So sometimes it starts with the song. Okay. Um, uh, recently, uh, well, I can't say recently, but it, about a year ago, um, uh, there was that uh, famous track by Phil Phillips that um, came out and I, I was just very enamored with the song and I thought I've got to, I really, really want to do a, a routine to this, but I wasn't sure what routine to do. And then um, I, I just happened to be at a convention. I, I think it might've been magic live or something. And I saw a trick demoed and I thought that's the trick that, that's what I'm going to do to that song. And, and it's been perfect ever since. Um, but sometimes it, uh, it's, it starts with a trick. And, um, for me, I, I try to look at what is the, the characteristic of the trick? What is the character? What is my character when I'm performing it? Mm-hmm. Um, what is the, you know, is it a, is it a comedy piece? Is it a more of a dramatic piece? What is it I'm trying to convey? Um, and then I, I just set out to, find a, a track that fits that. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I, I also, I have a lot of other, a lot of friends that are, um, performing artists in various capacities and various, uh, genres, everything from burlesque to juggling. Mm-hmm. And, um, we all like to bounce song ideas off of each other and try out different ideas. And I think that's a, that's a great thing to have as a sounding board of people that you can talk to that are like-minded or creative performing artists that can say, um, yeah, I don't, I don't like that track. It doesn't, doesn't suit you or it doesn't suit the attitude of the routine you're doing. Right. You know, um, I think a good example is, a, um, a lot of performers, tend to go towards like jazz music mm-hmm. and jazz music doesn't work for me. Yeah. I, I, I personally love jazz, but it from on stage, it just doesn't work. I, I, I don't like how it, it doesn't fit with my style and my character and my routines. So, you know, and I, I think each individual performer has to figure that out for themselves. What, what kind of music kind of suits them and their character and the attitude and, what what the trick is all about. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's. It seems there's uh, just so many different variables that would go into picking music for for a piece or for your show. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and, and and along those lines, I I recently asked um, almost the exact same question to a burlesque performer friend of mine who is a producer, and she's. Uh, um, was recently crowned the burlesque performer of the year and she's brilliant. And I asked her the exact same question. How do you pick songs for your, your tricks? And she gave me almost the exact same answer that I gave you, which was huh. really, really strange that we had both come to that same conclusion that it's like, sometimes I hear a song and it inspires me. And sometimes it's, it's the other way around. I, I have a routine that I want to do and I, have to figure out what is the attitude what is what am i trying to convey yeah and then the search starts you know it's like a treasure hunt trying to find the song that fits that okay okay yeah so i mean basically it's it's really kind of like searching your character searching uh like the 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 particular piece that you want to do and and trying to kind of find something that really encompasses all of that absolutely okay. and I th- and i think if you have a well defined character that search is a lot easier. Yeah. You know, if your character is a, um, you know, 1920s or 30s gentleman, Mm -hmm. then finding, you know, then some rock and roll music isn't going to be appropriate. (laughs) Yeah. You know, if your character is uh, more of a slapstick comedy character, you know, you have a a broader range of music to choose from. Mm -hmm. Um, but rock and roll again may not be perfect, you know, right. but it, then again, it might, you know, it, so I think having a well-defined character in, in, for so many reasons is really key. And I would say I even, I don't even feel like I have a well-defined character, uh, but it, I do know what my character would do. I have a pretty, pretty good grasp of what kind of music my character should be using, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Now, are there any things that uh, that somebody should not do when choosing uh, a song or music to add to their show? Mm, that's that's a great question. I I mean, I I don't think so. I mean, I think I think kind of the sky's the limit. I think mm-hmm. you kind of do do whatever feels right and try it. And if it doesn't work, you know, yeah. Don't don't do it. <laughs> Try something yeah. else. Uh, you know, I mean, I, for me, I've, I've done routines where I've tried a certain, uh, type of music and it just didn't feel right. You know, like I said before, I've tried jazz and it just doesn't, doesn't feel right. It just, and, um, and I, I didn't just continue using jazz because other, per, other performers were doing it. I, I took that song out and went and found something else. And, mm-hmm. um, but but I don't know that there's any that there's anything in particular that somebody should not do. I mean, pay attention to your audience. You know, right. I I think uh, actually I take that back. I would say keep it keep it clean if if that's the type of audience you're performing for. Yeah. Uh, you know, I I think music is such a, a powerful medium um, that if you if you don't if you're not careful with the music that you're choosing, for example, if you're using music that, that has explicit lyrics in it, you know, that's certainly not going to be great for a com uh, for a corporate event, but it might mm-hmm. be great for a comedy club. So be aware of your audience and don't pick music that doesn't, that is going to offend somebody. I mean, I think that's probably, 
the number one thing. Yeah, uh, yeah. Okay. So so uh so basically that that's a, another element to take into uh consideration for whenever you're picking music, know yourself as well as your audience. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I think and I think that's a very very important thing. I I I worked an event once that had some uh uh dancers and this was a, a public event, an outdoor public event during in the middle of the day and there was a lot of families and um some some dancers, um, uh, they were actually like hula hoop dancers mm-hmm. were opening for me and they randomly picked a track to play. And the plaque, the track had explicit lyrics in it oh, that man. really, really offended, um, parents in the audience that had their kids there. Um, and so I think that's something, I mean, I mean, that, that seems like common sense, but it, it goes without saying you, pay attention to your music and who your audience is. Yeah. Yeah. And common sense, surprisingly, isn't very common, is it? Exactly. <laughs> now, so, I mean, I, I could, uh, you know, pick a song and, and put it, uh, as like a background piece for, for a trick that I'm doing, but are there any, uh, other common places in a show that could benefit from music? Um, I, I mean, walk on music um, when you're introduced, um, I think that's, that's the easiest and easiest place to add music mm-hmm. because, um, you know, you don't necessarily, because you're not doing a trick at that point. Right. Um, so if you're just introducing yourself to adding music to your show, open a uh, walk on music and walk off music is a great place to start. Okay. Um, you know, it, Pick a pick a track that you like. Pick a track that kind of suits who you are and feels good and um, is not offensive. <laughs> and yeah, you know, <laughs> throw that into your show and see how that feels when you walk out. When you're walking out to music, it's it's a it's a very wonderful feeling. It's just a, a feeling of empowerment, and, uh, and it gets you pumped and gets the audience pumped. And then um, you know, those I think those are great places to start. From there, I think you can um, start looking at. Um, walk on and walk off music for when you have a volunteer up on stage. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, I think a, a second place to start and, and, and then start looking at, you know, doing, adding music to your, your own personal routines as background music and doing the routine with no talking or maybe doing it so that music is playing quietly in the background and you're doing a, um, a monologue piece mm-hmm or music is playing while you're doing something with a spectator. So I think there's kind of three steps okay. to, to adding music to your show. I, I like that. And, you know, I, I just thought of um, uh, another place that, that uh, could potentially benefit from music as well. And it would obviously depend on the venue, but, uh, you know, before, before the show even starts, you know, you could certainly pick tracks that would kind of, uh, you know, set the mood for your show as well. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, a lot of times that's something that I will, um, offer to my, my customers as, you know, saying, you know, I'm doing a stage show. Would you guys like some, some music being played, you know, during dinner? Mm-hmm. I mean, I've got my, I have my system there. I'm happy to do it. And so why not, you know, yeah. um, brings more added value and you can sometimes even charge for it. So <laughs> always the businessman, right? Yeah. Nice. <laughs> Before we continue, here's a quick word from our sponsor. Google AdWords, Facebook ads, Twitter, 
And what about Pinterest and SEO? Sound familiar? In the ebook Flying Solo, Josh London shows you how to manage all the essentials for running a small business in today's online world. From search engine optimization strategies to pay-per-click tactics, your website and social media, you'll learn how to keep from pulling your hair out while increasing your profits. As successful PerformerCast listeners, you get to take $10 off of this book and get the free bonus ebook, Four Ways to Find Your Most Profitable Keywords. Visit clickconvertprofit.com slash performercast to take advantage of this great offer. And now back to our interview. So uh, I, I think now would be a, a good uh, time for you to basically tell us what is ShowQues and, and uh, why did you create it? Uh, Showcues is, um, like you said in the intro, is kind of like having a sound engineer in your pocket. It it allows the solo performer, um, well, not even or performers in general don't have to be a solo performer, but uh, allows the performer to control the sound cues and music cues in their show um, all remotely using an iDevice and. Um, you can control it from stage with all the features of a, a very expensive sound system or even having a sound tech mm-hmm. there doing it all. And you can do it all yourself using the device that you're carrying already in your pocket. Um, you know, an iPad, an iPhone, and or an iPod. Um, and you can do this all remotely from the stage. Okay. Um, huh. So I, I originally created it because I was, um, I was using – uh, an, another system and, uh, I was having some problems with the system and the, the creator was just unreachable. I, I tried emailing him and tried calling him. He had kind of disappeared off of the planet and, um, my, my system just, it just wasn't working. It would, it would fail on me, um, multiple times in the show. And I, I always, um, thought, gosh, wouldn't it be awesome if I could just run my show off of my iPhone? I have all my music sitting on my iPhone. We have this app-based technology that allows us to do all these wonderful things. You know, why not come up with a way to do this um, with my iPhone? Yeah. I, 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 got a, I, I became accustomed to carrying my, my music on my iPhone as a backup um, just in case the, the system I was using didn't work. Um, but you know, that there wasn't an easy way to control it. And mm-hmm. so I thought if I could somehow create an app that would respond to a remote signal and would have all these bells and whistles that the system that I was using had, then all I would have to walk in was with my phone that I was going to have anyway. Um, and a, uh, a plug so I could plug it into the sound system and a remote control and I would be good to go. Mm-hmm. So, um, I, I set out to create that system. Hmm. Wow. Yeah. And so now is it just for, uh, Apple iOS or is there an Android version too? It It is currently only for Apple iOS, although we have been working on a, um, Android version for about a year. Mm-hmm. Um, my, uh, partner in crime with the show cues is um, Carl Andrews and um, he is not an Android developer. So he mm-hmm. outsourced it to the Android version to another developer who um, 
put it on on the back burner so that they could finish writing a book mm. on Android development. Apparently, um, <laughs> nice. And uh, but they are in the process of picking it up. It's very close. Um, and uh, likewise, we are in the process of of um, uh, producing a couple of remote controls that will work with Android devices. Um, so, yeah, unfortunately, I can't give an ETA on it, but because we've been um, we've been saying it's very soon, very close for the last several months, but yeah. it it really is honestly very close. I I played around with a beta version of it, and it and it's really good. And um, uh, you know, hopefully within the next uh, next few months, it'll be out. Okay. Cool. Cool. So, where does the the ShowQs app really shine? Would you say? What, what is um, it really good at? Well, I think, I mean, beyond the fact that you can play and and pause tracks and forward and reverse, mm-hmm. um, you know, the number one thing that we built into the very first thing that we built into it was um, the the fade sequence. We wanted to be able to have a track fade out, pause, advance, queuing up the the next track, and then reset the volume all with one button. Mm-hmm. And, uh, that was one of the very first features we put in and, you know, that, that has been, I mean, that's, that's the feature everybody wanted. And yeah. so we're, we're just very, very proud of that, that fact that just with one button, it will, it will do what we call the fade sequence. And, um, but it also, the app really shines in the fact that, um, you know, in the, in the few years that it's been out, we've been, um, very, open to, um, other users out there and what, you know, not everybody uses the app in the same way. Not everybody's show is the same. And so some people would say, Oh, I really wish the app would do this, or I wish the app would do that. And, and we would go, well, Hey, why not? Let's, let's put it in there. Yeah. So, you know, I think the app shines in the fact of all the, the bells and whistles, that it has. I mean, it really does. There's a lot that it can do. And, um, I think the other main, cause there are other apps that are out there that, that can do some of what show cues can do, but show cues is the only one that can do all of it. Um, the other thing that's really great about it is that it, it's based on, on the iTunes framework. So it's, it's based on an app that is a proven app or based on a framework that's mm-hmm. already proven that everybody already knows. So, um, a lot of the other competitors out there, as far as the app that will play music, you know, you have to drag and drop tracks in there and they're really, you have to be a certain type of track. And, you know, this is as simple as picking tracks out of your iTunes playlist and you're done. I mean, it's, uh, we really try to make it as, um, simple as possible for people that were not computer users. Mm-hmm. So, Okay, so it's it's pretty well integrated in there with the uh, the the iOS as a whole. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Okay, now is there anything that uh, ShowQs can't do that people have asked for, and and maybe you might be putting in in a later version or anything like that? Um, you know, people have have asked if it will control lighting, um, if it'll do you know fog machines and that that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think lighting is probably one that people have, have asked for a lot. Um, and we don't have any plans for it to do that. I mean, 
because then you're starting to get into a much more complicated world of yeah you know plugs and cables and that sort of thing and programming and dmx and all that um we've always wanted to just really keep it as a uh, as a music control system um i i will say a lot of people have um asked you know why are there two separate apps because um the, if you want to run it on an iPad, you have to buy the iPad version. If you mm-hmm. want to run it on an iPod or an iPhone, you have to buy the iPhone version. Yeah. Um, we kept those separate because um, we were initially going to have um, the iPad version do some additional functions like a teleprompter and some things like that. Oh, interesting. Um, yeah. But we, we ultimately never went down that route. And... Um, and I know that uh, I am currently beta testing um, the latest version of Showcues, which will be a universal version, so that when you buy it for an iPad, it'll work on an iPhone and vice versa. So, um, you know, for anybody out there that has purchased the iPhone version but really would like to run it on an iPad, once this update is released, they'll be able to update it for free and it'll be able to run on all devices. So, um, and the, and, and vice versa, if they bought it for the iPad, they'll be able to run it on an iPhone. So, and, and that one's uh, very close, probably within the next month, it'll be oh, out. Awesome. And that, that was actually going to be my next question because I, I did notice that there are, that it, there is one for an iPhone and one for iPad. And so I was going to ask you the differences and, uh, you pretty much just answered all my questions on that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, we're pretty, I'm, I'm personally very excited about it because I have an iPhone six and, um, um, but I've typically run show cues on an iPad mini, but I couldn't go, I couldn't go downwards. Yeah. Um, but now I can, now I can run it on all my devices. And so that's a, that's a beautiful thing. That's awesome. Now I, I'd probably be remiss if I didn't, uh, ask this, but at eighty nine ninety nine, I have to ask why so expensive for an app like this? Um, <laughs> well that, to be honest with you, um, the pricing is kind of out of my control okay. and, um, the, uh, and, and there's a, there's a very long backstory that I, I won't get into, but, um, you know, I had, I had taken the app to, um, uh, Carl Andrews cause he's a magician and he developed apps and I had said, mm-hmm. you know, let's, uh, I, I want to produce this. And, um, and so he set out to make it and, um, and he did it without charging me a single dollar. Mm. And, uh, um, ultimately, you know, it, it, as we started working forward in, in a partnership, um, you know, I basically said, well, look, I, I don't have, you know, the $15,000 or $20,000 to pay you to develop an app or pay anybody for that matter, the, the kind of money that it would cost to develop an app like this. Yeah. So, you know, I'm going to let you, um, make, make your money back by the sale of the app. And so I don't make a single dime off of the app. Mm. Um, and so that's the agreement that, that, uh, Carl and I came to and, um, uh, you know, so I, I, technically that the price of the app, um, that, that kind of question is, that's more something he can answer. Yeah. Uh, okay. Um, I, for me, I handle the hardware side of things. Uh, you know, I handle the troubleshooting on the app and, um, you know, 
field a lot of the questions as far as the usability and mm -hmm. functionality. Yeah. yeah, the user experience. And uh, But when it comes to the programming side of things, Carl is kind of the main guy behind that. Okay, awesome, awesome. Now, uh, you you will uh, – this, by the way, is a, just a quick note to our listeners. Uh, you can check out – the uh, the show cues app by going to successfulperformercast.com slash show cues and that will take you right to the uh, Apple store or the uh, the app store where you can take a look at it and uh, see all of its features and, and all that good stuff so great right. uh, mm -hmm. and, and if, if if I can if you'll sure. indulge me for a moment uh, you know one thing I would like to address is um, uh, you know, there's been a lot of um, Frustration and issues with the with the remote control that we use for show cues, mm. um, uh, and I kind of wanted to cover some of the questions and answers that people have, have brought up and and some of the problems. Oh, by all uh, means, you know when we when when I first developed um, the idea of show cues and when Carl first put it out, um, you know we knew that we wanted to have a remote. I knew that I wanted to have this to be a remote. Uh, controlled app, but I really had no clue how to go about finding a remote control, nor did I have, you know, 10, 15, $20,000 to, to, um, have a, a, a remote built. Mm -hmm. So the only thing I did it, that I could think of to do is I, I contacted a company that already did remotes for iDevices. And I actually contacted all the companies out there that, that I could find that, already produced on the, off the shelf remotes for iDevices. Um, and, uh, uh by iJet.com, um, was really the only one that, that really, um, jumped in and said, Hey, this is kind of a cool thing. This is a good idea. I'd like to partner with you. And, um, and they've just been very gracious in working with us, um, in developing a custom remote mm -hmm. that, uh, will control show cues. A lot of people wonder, you know, what is the difference between the ShowQs remote and the um, buying the iJet remote straight off of buyijet.com. Yeah. They, they are very different remotes. The, the ShowQs remote has been programmed specifically for ShowQs. It has um, a fair amount of programming and, and functionality built into it that just the standard off-the-shelf remote does not have. Um, now that being said, the remote's not perfect, and we understand that, and I understand that. There's there's been a lot of talk on the Magic Cafe and places like that mm -hmm. about uh, people having problems with the remote and kind of bad mouthing the remote. and And I will be the first to admit it's not perfect. Um, so I, I wanted to reassure people out there that we are working on it. I am working on it every day trying to make the remote better. We have um, no less than three separate things going on right now where we're trying to develop a better remote system because we know that that's what performers need. They need reliability. They need, um, uh, you know, distance. They need it to be able to function at a distance, um, but they need it to, re they need it to play when they press play. They need it to stop when they press stop. They need it to, be reactive and responsive and uh and the current remote isn't always doing that and we know that and so um but we are working desperately trying to come up with a reliable system and um 
There, there's a lot of rumor about a new remote, and yes, there is a new remote being developed, um, but it's being developed by a third party, mm-hmm. and I can't say anything more about it, but it it will be outstanding. Um, and then, but it's going to be at a, at a very hefty price point. Mm. Um, and then there, but we also have, uh, two other remote options that we're developing, um, that are going to make, make people really happy. So, um, I just wanted to reassure customers, anybody that was interested in it, any, anybody that, um, are interested in purchasing show cues and anybody that currently owns show cues that we've heard you. Mm-hmm. We know we know the remote needs to be better, and we're we're desperately working on it to make it better. So, okay, cool, absolutely. Now, is uh, the the current remote that you're talking about is that the one from Mojo Software, or is that- uh, yeah, um, the remote is available through me. Um, you can uh, purchase it at uh, conjuringcabinet.com. Okay, 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 yeah, I saw um, that one come up here too. So, yeah, Mojo Software. That's uh, Carl Andrews and his app development company. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, he develops, uh, apps for magicians and, um, a lot of different, uh, apps out there that, uh, that are a lot of fun, kind of cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so, like I said before, Carl, uh, he's my partner, so he handles all the programming and, and development of the app. And then I hand, I deal with all the, um, the hardware and I sell the hardware, like the remote and the cable and the adapters and things like that. So, mm-hmm. um, the only thing that is not available through Conjuring Cabinet is the if you um, are using a newer device um, like an iPhone six or six plus or an iPad Mini mm-hmm. that requires the Lightning yeah. plug, you you would have to buy that separately through um, a certified Apple dealer. Right. Uh, so. Okay. Yeah, because I, I was uh, noticing it has like the what is it thirty pin uh, yes. connector or whatever for the for that remote. So correct, correct. That and that is uh, um, that's something that we're working on with uh, the the newer remotes that they're going to be a, more of a universal connector mm-hmm. um, or have multiple connection options. So um, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you for addressing that too, by the way. I think, uh, I think, uh, your customers will, will certainly appreciate hearing that as well. So. Sure. Absolutely. What's up guys. I'm going to kind of just break in here for a moment. I talked to Sean after our interview and, uh, he agreed for three days and that'll be May 1st, May 2nd and May 3rd of 2015. He's going to offer 20% off both the show cues app and the show cues remote. So this takes the app from 89.99 down to 69.99 and the remote from 59.99 down to 47.99 effectively. And so if at any time you've been thinking about buying this app or remote, now is the time to do it. So I've made it really easy for you guys. All you have to do is visit SuccessfulPerformerCast.com slash ShowCues for the app. That'll take you to the iTunes store. And uh, if you want to get the remote, you can visit SuccessfulPerformerCast.com slash ShowQuesRemote, and that will take you to Sean's website for the remote. Uh, So the special prices are only up for three days, so you'll want to act fast. Now back to your normal programming. Now let's kind of shift gears here a little bit here. Um, And uh, 
just going back to talking a little bit about your career, and I was hoping that you could tell us about a moment of failure that you've had in your career, either in business or performance, something that we could all learn from. Um, well, I, I, as far as a failure in, you know, failure in business, I mean, I think for all of us, it, uh, this whole business, I mean, we're performers. We're not necessarily business people, yeah. <laughs> not necessarily. And, and so when you jump into being, um, a performer and making money at this, whether it's part-time or full-time or whatever, you know, I think the whole business side is definitely a, a learning process for all of us. And, um, and I'll tell you, even after 10 years, I am the absolute worst at marketing myself. Mm-hmm. Um, even with all the different websites and marketing courses and all that out there, I'm, I'm really the absolute worst. So my, my biggest failure is, um, not continually putting my name out there and marketing and, you know, making phone calls and sending emails to keep the business flowing in. Now, that being said, I've, I've been very fortunate. I've been, been very successful with virtually no marketing Mm -hmm. um, other than working in a restaurant and handing out business cards. And, you know, in my 10 years, I've only sent out one email blast and, (laughs) you know, everything has always been word of mouth and referrals. And, but that, that's starting to catch up with me. I'm, I've, I've had a slow couple of months this year so far and I'm suddenly realizing I should probably have focused on marketing a little bit more. Mm. And, you know, it's kind of hard to backtrack and say, you know, Hey, could you book me this month? Yeah. You know, um, you know, I think, uh, we've all experienced, um, failures on stage in some way. I mean, I've certainly had tricks go wrong. Um, (laughs) me too. (laughs) You know, (laughs) um, I've, yeah, I mean, I, I, I did a, a standup performance at a hospital just, um, just recently, and uh, I do a midair card stab in my act. Mm-hmm. And um, when I stabbed, you know, the 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 card is already on the knife in, in kind of a palm position. And when I stab, I spin the knife around, and it looks like the card, like I stabbed the card. Well, in my in this situation, the card literally flew right off of the blade of the knife into oh. the flurry of cards that were in the air. <laughs> and oh. <laughs> you know, and and what do you do? You know, you you look at it and go, well there's nothing you can do except go, what can I do to make sure that never happens again? Yeah. And and I have literally been performing. I have performed that routine probably 500 times and I've never had that happen. And I guarantee it will never happen again. And so, you know, I think as a, as any kind of a performer, yeah, failures are definitely going to happen, but I do my darndest not to let that failure happen ever again. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. What did you do? I'm curious. Um, you know, I think I, 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 what did I, do? I jumped off a stage and, uh, I started looking around and I think, you know, I found the card that had the signature on it right? and, and lifted it up and showed the whole audience that it did indeed have a hole in it Yeah, yeah. and that I really did stab it. And then I just poked the knife through it and hopped back up on stage as if nothing had happened. And so that, hopefully maybe somebody will go home and go, yeah, he stabbed a card and 
their memory is going to be slightly altered and they're going to, yeah, I saw him right there at the end with the card stuck to the knife and they'll mm-hmm. for, hopefully forget all about the fact that I had to jump down and dig through the cards on the floor. Yeah. Um, That's probably what, what I would have done too. I mean, I mean, just cause the fact that it had a hole in it already, you know, yeah. Yeah. I mean that <laughs> I suppose that's all you could do in that in that moment, huh? Yeah, yep. exactly. Exactly. You know, I, I mean I think um you know, we really obviously practice and rehearsal is a key thing mm-hmm. to to try to catch any kind of failure before it happens. Yeah. But failures on stage are gonna happen and you just gotta be prepared for them. And you know, practice and rehearsal is gonna help you be prepared for them. So you you can know what's gonna happen, you know, shoot how am I going to get out of this if this does happen? And, you know, um, I think stage time getting, just being comfortable on stage, doing enough shows, eventually, you know, you, you get to a point where you're comfortable to think on your feet and come up with a solution on the fly. You know, I, I had never once had that card fly off of the blade of the knife, but I've done that routine enough times that, I'm just going to go with it and I'm going to jump up and I'm going to find the card. I'm going to stick it on the knife and act like nothing <laughs> happened, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, get, get some, uh, Amar's magician's wax. I, I hear that stuff fixes everything, right? <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh man. So, uh, on the opposite side of the spectrum, could you tell us about your favorite success? Um, you know, I got, I, I think my, my, my favorite success is, uh, you know, I don't know. I, I think being, being booked back year after year after year, I mean, I, for, by the same client that, mm-hmm. that to me is a, a great sign of success. Um, you know, quoting a fee that is way outside your comfort zone and having the client not only accept it, but then say that, that, uh, they didn't pay you enough. Mm-hmm that to me and I, cause I've had that happen and that's a, for me, a, a great success. That means that I have provided that client with more than they, than they dreamt of. And they felt like they didn't pay me enough money. And, uh, you know, that just brings joy to my heart yeah. <laughs> that, yeah. that they were so thrilled with my performance that they honestly felt like, wow, we didn't pay you enough for what you gave us, you know? Mm-hmm. I, I love that. And, you know, the the, the things that I, I like about those two last questions that I asked you is that, you know, the answers I get are, are so diverse as the people that I interview, you know? I mean, there was uh, what one of the last people I interviewed, their favorite success was uh, she, she's a, a musician and she played a benefit at a zoo. And, you know, her, her favorite thing was she actually got to go back and spend time with some of the big, uh, uh, mountain lions and stuff back there, you know? Oh, wow. Oh, wow. So That's great. It's, it's just, they're, they're so, the answers are just so diverse. And so I'm, I'm always, uh, getting something new, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, yep. And I think it, it definitely is one of the, it, it certainly would vary with every performer, you know? I mean, and, and for me, I, I think, at, at the end of every show, I, I think it, there, there's a certain level of success at the end of every show. Not the fact that just all the tricks worked, but, you know, when, when people are coming up, shaking your hand and saying, you know, great show, I loved it. And and I always make a point to ask people what they loved and they, they tell me what they loved and they can name it off right immediately and, and that's a success. Mm. Or Or the other end, when they say, 
gosh, I can't pick one thing. I loved it. I loved the entire show. To me, that's a success. That's a, yeah. that's a great thing. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. So, so Sean, we're here at the end of the show and this is, uh, just where I ask you to share some of your favorite resources and different things like that. And so the first thing I'd, I'd like you to share with us is a resource that you always use. Uh, and this could be anything from an iPhone app to something like a prop list for your show. Hmm. Okay. Um, well, let's see. I uh, I use ShowQ's music app all the time. <laughs> uh, I, I I use it in all my shows, um, except for my uh, my formal close up show. I haven't actually started using music in my formal close up show, but mm. that is on my goal list for this year. Um, as far as uh, you know, I use some online so- uh, resources for booking. Uh, I use Manager Sal. Mm-hmm. Um, for, um, keeping track of all my, um, contacts and clients. I also use, um, showbiz CRM, mm-hmm. but I, I, I don't, I actually use those two together. Um, uh, because I, I think showbiz CRM has a wonderful, wonderful setup for, uh, auto responders. Mm-hmm. Um, people fill out a, a contact form on my site and, and they, they, instantly get an email back. And so I use showbiz CRM for that, but, um, I, I much prefer the user interface at, uh, manager com for that. Um, uh, let's see. I, uh, I use Evernote constantly. I'm, I'm a crazy, I'm crazy fanatical about Evernote. I keep Me track too. of my, uh, um, notes that I take when I'm talking to a client and, um, when I'm developing out, um, uh, custom routines and, and custom presentations for a client. Um, you know, I set up all of that in Evernote because now I've got it on all of my devices. I've got it on my iPad, my iPhone, my laptop, everything. Um, I, I, I use it every day, all day, constantly. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, me too. Full full disclosure here, Sean. I am actually using Evernote as I'm uh, reading my questions here for you. So. Yeah, see, it, it, <laughs> yep. it's just it's it's really wonderful, uh, outstanding. Um, you know, I, I think uh, other resources. I, I mean, obviously, the the, the Magic Community is an incredible resource, uh, and and so I have a I, I have a really great network of friends. Um, that, that I talk to, um, you know, to bounce off ideas, bounce off, uh, presentations and, and thoughts about the show. Mm-hmm. And, uh, um, my, one of my best friends is, uh, in Kansas city and I talk to him all the time and, and he's really been a mentor to me as far as, uh, business and, um, you know, making a living at this, this crazy, uh, art that we do. Yeah. Um, yep. So I, I, I definitely would be remiss if I didn't mention, uh, other magicians and you know, as a resource, you know, absolutely. Um, I, I fully agree with that. So, uh, right off the top of my head, that's, that's all I can think of I, unless there's something specifically that you were curious about. But. No, that's, uh, that's basically it for, uh, for resources. I would also like you to recommend two books as well, though. One of them being a performance specific book and then one outside of the performance realm, like a business or self-development book. Um, sure. Let's see. Um, well, I'm a, I'm a, um, 
crazy, I mean, a crazy fanatic about, um, about different books and I mm-hmm. love close up magic. And so I'm, I'm constantly reading books on close up magic, um, and mentalism and everything. Um, one of my favorite, favorite books, um, is the, um, uh, secret agenda by Roberto Giobi. Okay. Um, I've read that multiple times. Love it. Um, not because he, 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 share, he shares everything from recipes to close-up magic to insights to business ideas and presentations. There's just, it's just kind of a, a real variety of wonderful stuff in there. Mm-hmm. Um, also, um, uh, a great book uh, that's not a magic book um, that I've very much enjoyed and kind of relied on is um, a book. What was it? It's called, uh, I believe – um, sell, uh, was it selling the invisible? I think that's what it was called. Selling the invisible. Um, basically about selling a service rather than a product. Um, okay. And, uh, selling the invisible, a field guide to modern marketing. Yes. That's the one. Awesome. Uh, and really that's good book by Harry Beckworth. Yeah, that's it. Thank you. Uh, internet. <laughs> yes. Thank you. Uh, and then there's another great book that I relate on, um, that's, that was actually based on a system, but you can just read the book and it's, um, uh, called, uh, the expert from out of town. And, uh, that, that was a really, uh, opening book, um, as far as uh, positioning yourself as an expert at, and because as a, as a magician, we are, we are experts in our field and as a performers, we're experts in our field. And so when you start thinking along that mindset of being an expert, um, you know, the book focuses on being an expert, um, when you're selling your service as outside of your local area, but mm-hmm. it does talk about this expert mindset. And, um, and I think that applies to, you know, everything from how you present yourself on stage to how you brand yourself in your marketing materials. And, um, you know, when you get put yourself into the mindset of being an expert, it it really changes changes your focus and changes everything. You can you know your your price point changes, your branding changes, your your attitude changes. So that was a real eye opening book to me. That's interesting because I mean, you know, as as you're as you're learning things, uh, you know, how to market your business, uh, as you're learning, you know, how to do these tricks, you're learning how to. Uh, you know, enhance your stage presence and stuff. These are all things that you're learning, and these are all things that you're you're essentially becoming expert in because you're doing it over and over again. Right, and it's it's kind of like a byproduct of of uh, you know the the work that you're putting forth. You know, exactly, exactly. Huh. Um, you know the the book really, like I said, it really focuses on this idea that when you book something out of town. And you go into um, another city or another town. Um, people automatically assume that if you were if you were booked to come in from another state, you must be an expert. Mm-hmm. But what I took away from it was, you know, there's also that expert mentality that you know you have to you have to be an expert. I mean, and you have to change your thought process, change how you price your shows, change how you present yourself on stage because. They believe you're an expert, and so you need to believe you're an expert as well. And yeah. so um, yeah. it 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 was real eye opening for me. Interesting. I, I think I'm going to have to check that out. Uh, and that's the expert from Out of Town by yeah. Anthony Perry. Correct. 
Awesome. Now, a quick note to our listeners here. You'll be, be able to find links to all of these resources at the show notes for this page, and that will be at SuccessfulPerformerCast.com slash Sean Pop, and that's S-H-A-W-N-P-O-P-P. Yep, the last P is silent. <laughs> nice. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, I'd like you to do one last thing for us, Sean, and that would be to give a piece of parting advice to our listeners and then uh, tell us where we can find you online. Uh, just give one more mention to your to your products and any other services or anything else you might have. Um, okay. Well, let's see. Um, uh, a piece of advice. Um, you know, don't sell yourself short. Do great magic. Mm-hmm. Um, don't do good magic. Don't do mediocre, mediocre magic. Do great magic. Give your audience something to talk about for months. Um, and, uh, you know, price yourself accordingly, you know, don't, don't sell yourself short. Yeah. Be, be that expert. And, um, you know, uh, People, people will pay to see great magic and, um, and we'll all reap the benefits of that. Um, let's see. What, what were your other things that you were asking me for? Uh, just, uh, tell us where we can find you online and, uh, give one last plug for your services and products. Um, yeah, you can find me online. Uh, my website is open the trapdoor.com or Sean Preston magic. Uh, Sean Preston is my stage name. So that's the difference there. Sean Preston magic.com or open the trapdoor.com. Um, my, uh, uh, show cues app, obviously available through the app store, the um, the remote is available exclusively through me in my um, my e-commerce site, which is called Conjuring Cabinet. Um, we're actually a full service magic shop, um, which was started simply because I needed a, a place to sell show cues, and um, it's kind of really opened up. And so now I sell other magic products. Nice. And um, uh, I, you can also find me on Facebook at uh, facebook.com forward slash Sean Pop. And uh, I think that's it. Awesome. Are you on uh, the Twitters? I am. I think I uh, Twitter is Magic Dude Co for Colorado. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I, I and I, I think I'm on Instagram too, but I don't remember what my. <laughs> I think that's uh, Instagram uh, Magic Dude Six Six Seven. I always try to post cool uh, magic related photos, but I don't always do that. Uh, <laughs> but the the main place to find you uh, would be Facebook, then. Yeah, yeah. Facebook is, uh, um, like I said, Sean Pop. Facebook.com forward slash Sean Pop. Good times. Sean Pop, you have shared all kinds of great information that our listeners can use to help grow their performance businesses. Thank you so much for joining us tonight and sharing your experience. Um, Thank you. Thanks for having me there. Appreciate it. Great time. Hey, everybody, it's your host, Chris Shepard, just uh, wrapping things up here. Don't forget to uh, take advantage of Sean's generous offer of 20% off of both the uh, ShowQ's app and the ShowQ's remote. Uh, you can find uh, both of those products at SuccessfulPerformerCast.com slash ShowQ's, and that's for the app, or SuccessfulPerformerCast.com slash ShowQ's remote. It's a great offer for a great tool, and it's only up for three days. Now, go out there and make your dreams happen. 
Yep, the last P is silent. 